Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining the Shelf Logic podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Jerry. And we are at the Southeast Regional Library recording today. We are super excited because October is approaching. This will actually air in October. Yes. Um, we are all getting into spooky vibes, spooky stories. And we wanted to uh, talk about a, a few specifically like Twilight Zone stories that you can access, um, but then just spooky audiobook kind of listening in general as well. All right. So I guess, Jerry, yes. you, you have some that you want to talk about. What's your first one? So my first one is To Serve Man. You can actually find it on Hoopla as a, Hoopla as a radio a radio show. So back before there was podcast or TV, most people would gather around the radio and listen to stories. So um, it listen to stories like The Shadow, Twilight Zone episodes. And to, honestly, for me, Jen, I think it's scarier through the radio because your mind takes over, your, your imagination takes over. And the way that Rod Sterling is, who's one of my favorite, who's the creator of The Twilight Zone, he lets your mind and your imagination guide the stories. He just gives you a brief description of what the aliens or the monsters uh, are going to look like, and then your mind takes over. So the first one I want to talk about is called To Serve Man. And this one's really compelling to me because when I was little, it really freaked me out, and it still kind of freaks me <laughs> out to the point. And it's these aliens who are nine feet high, 350 uh, pounds, and they come to Earth, and they act very malevolent. And they said, hey, we're going to make sure you have no more wars. Oh, I know. No nice. more no more diseases. Love it. And uh and they're gonna make sure that anything will kill you won't happen to you. you know, I love it. I love it too, and they're very sweet. They give us new technology, new health, uh new medicine. But there's a catch though that every year they have to take up some people to their so-called paradise planet. Oh, so how exciting! Yes, it's very exciting. So <laughs> during this story, uh, they these aliens just leave this book, and they're j- and and a couple of the FBI and people who work for the government are trying to decipher what this book says because all it says is to serve man. How many people do they take up? They take about. 20 to 30 people each year. Okay, 20 to 30 people a year. Okay. And so they're like, okay, well, maybe they just want to serve us to be good, kind, alien neighbors. Well, one of the gals figures out <laughs> that to serve man is a cookbook. <laughs> so oh so when you go up in this alien, uh, into this UFO spaceship, you're going to become a alien's meal. Oh my goodness, of course. Yes, so being little and growing up on the um, Twilight Zone stories and listening to it as a radio, your mind just kind of t- takes a- um, gets away from you, and you really kind it's really scary if you think about it. It's like yeah. humans are the cattle in the story. You know, we make sure that our food is healthy. Right. We make sure that disease free. They make sure that they live a kind of a healthy life. But hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, (laughs) yeah. yeah, Hopefully. But then at a certain age, they have to 
go it's to... It's time to go to the, the uh, Paradise Planet. Right. Okay. And so oh, it's no. like, human are the cattle, and that's the I twist know. in this Twilight Zone episode. That's so wild. I don't remember watching Twilight Zone that much as a child, but, like, I do kind of, like... Younger, but not like as a kid. I can only imagine how that <laughs> specific plot would have impacted my brain. Oh. I would have been terrified. Yes, and the thing is about the Twilight Zone episode, especially if you go back to the TV show, it's in all black and white. So I feel like color kind of gives you a peaceful look at things. Uh-huh. But if it's in pure black and white mode, I think it gives you a scarier emotion yeah. to it as well. Well, something that I noticed, and I'll talk about mine in a second, but... As I was listening to my Twilight Zone radio drama, the music and, like, kind of how they emphasized certain, I don't know, like, sentences was literally, like, reminiscent of how, of the show, the television right. show, right? And it literally does sound scarier. Like, they have more emphasis on, like, oh, no. Yes. And then the music would be, like, and, you know, and it's just, like, very, like, the sound encompasses you. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and the narrator, too. Yes. With the narrator coming in and saying, imagine if you will. Mm-hmm. So this is su- such and such is going to happen. And it's like, yeah. okay, what's what's going to happen? And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Rod Sterling is that he pulls you in like that. Yeah. Uh, you plug yourself into that situation. Right. No matter what it is. Yeah. Right. And... It, and I just wanted to make a note, Jane, if it's okay. Not all of the Twilight Zone stories are scary. So yeah. uh, some of them actually do have a happy ending. So Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I know I, I like to tend to focus on the more spooky ones. Same I know. here. Um, I have one last question. Did yours follow, like, specific main characters? Yes. It actually followed this gentleman and this woman. Uh, the gentleman... Is the one uh, the woman is the one that tells the gentleman that the to serve man book is a cookbook, but okay. you follow both of them trying to decipher this book, and then he gets chosen oh, no. to go into the ship, and she. Run- I'm probably giving away the whole story, guys. It's I am okay, so sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, and she runs to the spaceship, and she's like, "The book to her man. It's it's a cookbook." And while the aliens oh, no. holding her, and he's trying to run off the spaceship, but the spaceship takes him up oh, anyways. And you and you know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. You kind of wonder what's going to happen to her too, yeah. because they just leave it at that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love it. I think that yeah, it's just a little spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to talk about mine. Um, mine is called, this is another uh, Twilight Zone radio drama. So, of course, we have, like, the cast of different people talking, uh, musical elements, sound effects. Love it. It's a delight. Mine is called The Midnight Sun. This is very difficult to search if you search it on, the, on Google because there's another thing that involves the word twilight and then another thing that <laughs> involves the word midnight sun. Are, are you talking about the new twilight <laughs> yes. saga book? Yes. So basically when I was searching it online, it was literally, it was all just Edward Cullen. That's anything. So, but you have to be very specific. Twilight zone, midnight sun. <laughs> okay. It's not related to vampires at all. Um, we start out, we're in New York in an apartment building um, we have two women, and basically it's kind of just setting the scene. Um, things are not looking great uh, climate-wise for Earth in this setting. Um, but for an interesting reason, it is that the Earth has fallen out of orbit, unfortunately, and it is drifting closer and closer to the sun. So basically this whole episode, um, it's kind of going back and forth. We have a few like tertiary characters come in and out. 
um, the radio host, for example, there's a radio host in the show Ooh. that's reporting on the weather, getting hotter and hotter. People are fleeing to the north, of course. Um, but they, uh, Norma, the main character, chooses to stay in her apartment. And it's just getting hot. They're just getting, you know, cooked. It's like over. It's like, so the day that you kind of follow, it's like 120 degrees, reaching up to 130 degrees. And they have like barely any fans or like refrigerated services. Like they're kind of losing it as far as like, you know, being able to. Oh, I think sorry. we should mention, if it's okay, that yeah. a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes take place in the 1950s and 60s. Oh, yeah. That, because they, and back then they didn't really have air conditioner. Right. I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, that's a really good point because actually that's, that's like kind of part of the plot is that like, the her specific apartment has like a fan and that's like a big deal and so that's why the other woman comes in and so she's like oh you have like a refrigerator a fan they call the repair man there's no repair people left hardly because they've all gone north there's like nobody in their building it's like literally new york is becoming a ghost town people are evacuating um but basically it's like they're doomed everybody knows they're doomed within like days you know what i mean they're gonna get cooked and so um, it's just kind of like you follow these two women going back and forth, just like little things like, oh, they went to the store, they got juice, they're so excited. You know what I mean? They're, please paint a picture of a waterfall. I want to see something cool and like refreshing, you know, and they're just kind of hallucinating, going in and out. Um, it's really kind of rough, actually, to like, I would say definitely listen to it, but it puts you in like kind of like an anxious, like, oh, it's like oppressive, like this heat, mm-hmm. especially if you live in Arizona, because it's literally, <laughs> literally so much of what they're describing. They're like, Oh no, you can cook a cook an egg on the sidewalk. And they're like, no. And and I'm just like, oh my goodness, that's my life. And so it's just it's so hot out, right? And so they're they're just having a really hard time. Um there's a twist. And this is a spoiler too, so skip ahead if you don't want to listen to the spoiler. Uh one of the characters kind of dr- loses consciousness eventually, right? And then they come to and it's the twist is that's not what's happening. She has a fever, so she's dreamed this entire sequence. Oh my gosh. So you're like, oh, okay, so what's going on? And as the scene is more set, the doctor's like, oh, you really have a bad fever, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh man, this is rough. Um, and it's actually the exact opposite is what's happening. So she's sick, but they're drifting away from the sun. So she was like dreaming of this world that is so hot and oppressive, just like somehow opposite, like it's like dark and cold and they're drifting away from the sun. They won't be able to see it in a few days and they're going to freeze over. Oh my gosh. I know. And so, and then, and it's so sad because like when she wakes up, she's talking to her friend and she's like, oh, isn't it so nice? And she's like, and the woman's like, what? And she's like, to be somewhere cool and dark. And the woman is like, yes, yes it is. And then you just know they're, you know, it's doomed. It's all doomed. Uh-huh. And so you're like, oh my goodness. And so they're kind of playing off the, like the, both of the opposites of the people especially the time when they wrote it, like kind of like the fears of like, oh, what could happen to Earth? Like, what are my, you know what I mean? Both ends of the spectrum. But yeah, it's pretty good. I have to say, I find it interesting that both of our first stories had to deal with climate change mm-hmm. and f- basically factory farming in a way. Right. So that's kind of... There are fears that have been going on for decades. For decades, and yeah. they're still relevant today. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's... Again, that's one of the beautiful things about the Twilight Zone uh, series is that even though they were written in the 50s and 60s, they're still relevant they today. Totally are. That's yeah. so wild. And I don't even know, well, obviously Rod Sterling, like, 
I'm sure that like authors think about these things like staying relevant, mm-hmm. but like how could they know that they would say so relevant? You know what yeah. I mean? Like oh. it's just so relevant. Oh, and Rod, to me, Rod Sterling is such a genius because what, did you know he was a parachuter during World War II? I did not. Yeah, That's he was wild. a parachuter. So I'm wondering if he kind of came up with these ideas when he was at war mm-hmm. or if he just had a very unique mind. Yeah. So. It's very interesting to think about. I, yeah. Um, so... Uh, should I go on to my next one? Yes, yes, Okay, yes. so I have another Twilight So radio show that um, I think you guys should check out. It actually, in the actual TV show, it was uh, the start for one very, very popular actor, especially in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Who was it? William Shatner. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, William Shatner's starting role was in this episode. That's and so darling. Yes. So if you watch this, you can say, I saw William Shatner uh, <laughs> get his stardom. And this was this episode is called Fear at 20,000 Feet. Okay. And it's about this guy who has immense fear of flying. He does not like being on a plane. He actually had a breakdown before on a plane, so this is his first time back on it, and he decides to sit at the window seat, uh, using the window seat. And he's like, okay. So when they take off, he decides to look out the window, and he sees a gremlin. And the gremlin is just ripping apart the plane. He's taking off things, and he and William Shatner's character is like, "Look, look!" And to his uh, Uh, wife, and she's like, "What? What? Look! Look what's out there!" And she looks over. Guess what she sees? What? Nothing. Oh my gosh! So is is he seeing things? They think he's having hallucinations. So Uh he's like, "Okay, all right." and he looks over again, and the gremlin's doing it again. So he's like, "Look, look!" And he actually calls the stewardess, and they're all like, "What? What?" He said, "There's a, gr- there's something, there's something on the plane." And they look, nothing's there. So, and finally, he sees it one more time, and he's ripping and tearing out electrical footage, uh, tearing off the wing. And he's like, "Look, look what I'm seeing!" And they get the one of the pilots, the stewardess, and they don't, and they look over, and they're like. We don't see anything. So they end up putting William Shatner's character into a straitjacket because they think he's hallucinating. He's having a mental breakdown. So when they land, they're taking him off in a uh, straitjacket to a mental institute. And when they land, they look at the plane and guess what they see? It's all torn apart. It's all torn apart. So, spoiler alert. I'm so sorry, guys. But, but, oh, no. I thought, no, for some reason, my brain went the opposite way. Because I feel like I have seen that episode. But then I was like, wait, they look and they're like, good job, everybody, by dressing up in that gremlin outfit to make him look like he's lost it so that we can actually, like, imprison him somehow. Because I was thinking of all these ulterior motives. Right. Um, That's wild. That's wild. And a lot of people know this one. Uh, one, Yeah. um, I know the Simpsons have done a spoof on it. A lot of a lot of people have done spoofs on it, but it's still kind of crazy. Like, yeah. is he going crazy or but the, t- the plane was torn apart? So yeah, no, he's yeah. just seeing more dimensions than we can. It's, yeah, it's, it's part of it, you know. Yeah, which is also also be nice to gremlin guys because right they may rip up <laughs> your plane. Yeah. Um, did this so this one you listened to the audio the radio version again? 
how did that how did that go because I know that's such like a visually important show you know what it for me I have a weird vivid imagination anyways for me it was kind of creepier just because I let my I'm like so would he say things like oh there's there's like a gremlin out there yeah look 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 and they'd be like there's nothing there yeah basically they you know they look over and of course a lot of times with the radio shows they make the noise of someone walking making noise of the plane so you you think that you actually can see the plane there so wild yeah and uh can i mention jen that a lot uh you can also find the twilight zone tv show in the library as well yes so yeah guys if you don't if you're not a radio person or if you're not a podcast person i hope you are because we're doing a podcast (laughs) but you can also um you can also check out the actual tv show from the library that's perfect yeah that's a good point um but yeah Oh, what? Uh, I was going to say, you have one more, right? I have one last one. This is not a Twilight Zone episode. Um, I thought I would switch it up, but it's still an audio experience. It is called The Grim of Stottesden Hall. I, th- I kept thinking Stottesden, but it's Stottesden, I think, is how Ooh. they said it, actually, in the audio. But you probably... What's so funny is I was listening to this, and I was thinking about you, because you know um, more about Edgar Allan Poe and his works than I do. I just, I just, I don't know. So basically this is written by Stuart Price, right? It's considered like an audio book. And I was looking and looking, there's no book book version of it. It's just an audio drama. He's written it. It is performed by a full cast live, which was fun because it was performed live in the UK and they recorded it. And so you could kind of sometimes hear the audience like laugh or like, you know, Mm -hmm. do respond. Um, it's super, super good. I really enjoyed it. Um, this is just like a little blurb. Join Britain's premier radio drama group, The Wireless Theatre Company, and it does sound like a theater production, as they take you on a journey of madness, terror, and gruesome murder. And that is very true. By the, it's by the award-winning team of Stuart Price, um, composer. It's based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe. So I kind of, as I was listening, I knew things were coming to my mind. They were, they were saying things where I was like, that's like a literary element from Edgar Allan Poe, but I don't know its significance. <laughs> um, basically, what we have a cast, is a, uh, it, it expands. So, so we have main characters. We've got Edgar, Lenore, uh, Marie, Bernice, Lawrence Grimm, Mr. Grimm, and the inspector. So basically, we find ourselves like in this mansion situation, and Mr. Grimm, like the oldest um, man person, he is the he owns it, right? So he's sick, he's elder, dying in bed. Um, we've got Edgar, who like lives there with his wife Murray, and Edgar. I don't actually totally know. I may have missed the relationship <laughs> there, but he either like works for him or like you know he's he's around. Um, However, there's a lot of people um, that... So, okay, so Lenore is a servant there. Lenore and Edgar are also together without Marie knowing. Okay. Lawrence well, comes up. Yeah, it's a, it's reckless. It's kind of spooky in the situation. Lawrence Grimm is Mr. The, the Mr. Grimm's, like, nephew, and he comes along. He's like, hey, everybody. It's like, such a weird scene because he, like, pulls up, and he's like, hey, everybody, listen up. I have something to say. You see my uncle over there? He's about to die. And guess what? I have no intention of keeping this property. I'm going to sell it the second that he goes, just to give you a warning, because I want to give you the maximum amount of time to move. So get a grip. That's what he says to them in not in way different words, obviously. And so Edgar is like, absolutely not. Like, I have been working and living here for years and years. Like, we... Like, this is my family house, too. Like, I deserve this house. He's going to leave the house to me. And Lawrence is like, false. Literally, why would he leave it to you? He's leaving it to me, his nephew. 
and Edgar kind of breaks. I don't know if I want to give you too many spoilers, but um, nothing good happens for literally anybody in the cast from mm. here on out. So basically, um, Mr. Grimm, who is already in poor health, uh, meets a very quick demise. Um, Edgar is not that great of a person. Uh, things happen. <laughs> Lenore discovers what Edgar has done to Mr. Grimm, so she also meets a demise uh, very soon. Uh, Marie, Lawrence, even sadly, I'm not even going to talk about it. That's too sad. But you should listen to it because it is creepy. It's very Halloween-y. Um, there are like such good sound effects, like the beating heart. You know what I mean? Oh, He's the kinda, telltale heart. Well, that's what I knew they were like drawing stuff mm-hmm. from that because you could hear it too. And he, that's kind of what was driving Ed, Edgar. Edgar was kind of like losing it. And then other people were like, what is that sound? And then like uh, chiming of the clock was mm-hmm. a big theme and scratching of a cat. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, I think you would get a lot more out of it than I did. And I still thought it was fun. I, I'm starting to get more out of it just from the description because oh I'm like, yep, the telltale heart, the black cat. And yeah, you should listen to so, it. Yeah. And, and that's on Hoopla as well. These are all on Hoopla to listen. Yeah. yeah and then uh, may I mention one more thing? Yes. So also on Hoopla is H.E.'s Wells um, War of the Worlds. So that's a fun creepy show as well perfect for Halloween that's such a good thing to listen to yes I'm I'm guys I apologize I'm a huge horror fanatic Mm -hmm. especially the old horror films um give me some HP Lovecraft (laughs) give me (laughs) give me some Edgar Allan Poe and I'll be a happy camper and it doesn't even have to be around Halloween I'll listen to it love it yeah yeah well I think that about wraps up our podcast episode again this is Jen and I'm Jerry Uh, from Southeast Regional, and see you next time. Bye. Bye! Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.